1: Hi, and welcome to Between the Lines. On this show, you will hear about and from lesser-known Canadian authors and writers who, for whatever reason, have remained under the radar of traditional publishers and publishing houses. If it has something to do with writing or the writing process, you are going to hear a discussion about it here. I'm your host, Randy Lacey, and I encourage you to grab your bevy of choice, get comfy, and get ready to go Between the Lines. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Between the Lines. On this episode I will be in discussion with Mandy Eve Barnett about her blossoming writing career. Mandy currently calls Edmonton, Alberta home. Hello Mandy and welcome to Between the Lines.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: It's a pleasure. Now before we go any deeper into your writing journey, I'll ask Mandy to take a few moments, uh, you know, give a brief summary of who she is, what she likes to do, any hobbies she may have, and so on. Mandy, I'll yield the microphone
2: to you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm a multi-genre author, and I write for children, young adult, and adult. I'm the secretary of my local writers group, which is the Writers' Foundation of Strutcona County. I'm also the secretary of the Alberta Authors Cooperative. I have a successful freelance writing business. I'm a prolific blogger and a community, writing community advocate. Apart from writing, which is quite an obsession, um, I like walking my dog. I've got a little rescue dog. So.
1: Oh, you have a rescue dog. What kind?
2: Um, she's what they call a snoodle, which is a poodle and a schnauzer mix. Oh my goodness very cute
1: i'll take your word for it
2: <laughs> yeah she's very cute Oh
1: <laughs> uh, wonderful that's uh that's a lot of things you've got your 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 hands into
2: keeps me out of mischief supposedly <laughs> i think Supposed it puts me into that's... mischief but there you are
1: <laughs> i like that little addendum there supposedly <laughs> well thanks for the the introduction of yourself uh now we're going to break into what i call the hard stuff okay And those would be the questions. So basically, do you recall the first time you were inspired to write outside of an educational set?
2: Actually, I didn't start writing per se. I mean, obviously at school you have to write, but I didn't get into writing until I immigrated into Canada. And uh, although I've been creative in lots of other aspects, for some reason I never did writing. So when I came to Canada, I thought I'd find a creative outlet. And I happened to cross a writing group that was going to meet um, on a Tuesday evening. So I thought I'd go in, see what they were all about. And I got hooked really quickly. They were very supportive, very encouraging. And I wouldn't be writing without them, to be honest.
1: So you immigrated to Canada. How long have you been in Canada?
2: Nearly 12 years now.
1: Welcome to Canada. A little late, but welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Can you remember what you wrote the first time that you tried writing?
2: Yeah, the, the first time, it was actually a seven minute writing exercise that I found on the internet. And it was just three words you had to incorporate, fire, clock, and certainty. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll have a go, see if I can write anything. And that was the first thing I read to my writing group. I was very nervous obviously and I read it and the room went quiet I'm thinking okay I will never come back here again and then they all started going that was really good and like expressing how yeah I'm thinking okay that that's what hooked me the reaction was what hooked me I'm thinking I can use words to elicit some sort of emotion or reaction or surprise and that that started me on this writing career.
1: So clearly you had a sense that their reaction was sincere then.
2: Oh definitely. Oh yeah, they I mean they weren't sort of, you know, blowing smoke basically. They were.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know about your friends or your colleagues or whatever but uh, a lot of the people that I share my writing with they want to they want to build me up even if it's not true. So as long as you know they're sincere that's even more important.
2: No, I mean I uh... I mean, I like the group because you get constructive critique. You, they, they don't say, oh, that's great and then leave it at that. But, you know, they just say, well, you know, choice of words here, or if you change that, you know, point of view. Or, so it's, it really helps grow your writing and your skill.
1: You're fairly new to the uh, Canadian Creative Writers Group, but every month, well, Australian writers, they have a, it's called uh, Furious Fiction. Where okay. they give you? Have you seen that yet? No. Okay. So every month they have a contest, five hundred words in fifty-five hours, and they give. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they give you the parameters, so you has to have start with this, or I mean, they give you your parameters, and usually there's four or five words you have to use within that five hundred words. And for me, that's just, it's practice because I, I, short stories are new for me. I've been a, a poet guy most of mm-hmm. my life. There's a lot of people within Canadian Creative Writers that have taken to doing this particular contest just because of the parameters. Uh, because, again, you've got your time restriction of 55 hours. You've got mm-hmm. your word restriction of no more than 500 words. And you have to use these. And so it, it's good practice, and it's, uh, it's good discipline, I think.
2: Oh, yes. I mean, I, that's why I enjoy... I mean, I did an awful lot of prompts while I was learning, Because it's sort of, you've got a a time limit, you've got word limit, and sometimes, as you say, length limit. And that helps you, you know, not get too flowery with your wording. (laughs) You think, okay, I have to be quite concise here.
1: As I was saying earlier, no opportunity for a rabbit hole.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Although rabbit holes are fun.
2: They are, without a doubt.
1: I guess the next question we're going to have to ask you then is: Are you one of those writers who kept everything to yourself, or were you one of those writers who
2: here read this, read this? Within my writing group, I did that, like because it, I always got such good feedback, yeah. and it helped me develop my skill. So it was vital for me to to share.
1: So that's, that's, that's a good thing for, for, for anybody who wants to be able to be a successful writer, I guess it's to be able to share. Um, I know for me, it, uh, it was more of a, it was more like a personal rehab that I wrote to to heal my soul. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: um, I left my notebook out one day and a friend read it and says, why aren't you sharing this? And, ah, you see. Exactly.
2: <laughs> right.
1: So now I, you can't shut me up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing, though. I mean, you, you, your words should be shared.
1: I, I think so because, and I, I've adopted the uh, personal motto now that I don't write because I necessarily have something to say, but rather because you may have something you need to hear.
0: That's and if really you don't, good. if you don't
1: share it, they're not going to hear it.
2: Very true.
1: Where do you find your inspiration to write?
2: Oh my goodness, absolutely everywhere. I've found ideas in dreams, obviously writing prompts because I love them. Travelling, everyday conversations, overheard or when I've been interactive in the conversation. I think if you are a writer, anything can inspire you. I mean, it, it can be, you know, a strange object in someone's garden or... You go travelling and you find a little town, and you think, "Oh, well, you know that store that sort of obviously was very popular in its heyday is now sort of tired and left alone and boarded up." So then you think, "Well, I could write about the store and its interaction with people, and you know how how it just declined." So there's always something around you that you can use. I mean, I know I, I had a. An altercation conversation once. And it was about a woman's place. do mm, don't get me started. Anyway, so I from that genus of that conversation, I wrote a book about a young man growing up in a matriarchal society. Mm. So just flipping it. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I mean it there's there's ideas, and even if you look at someone's novel and you're reading and something clicks with you and you just think you know I like that sentence or i like that description and it it, you can throw things in with that and and go from there
1: yeah that makes sense is there a certain time of day where you find yourself more productive Um, and if so why do you suppose that is
2: I don't have a set time that I'm productive per se. I write when I'm inspired because I mean I work full time so I have to juggle things to to get my writing time in. And of course I you know I have my two secretarial volunteer positions so that takes up some time as well. But my favourite time, my friend and I go on regular writing retreats. We pick a spot somewhere in Alberta, drive there and spend the weekend just, you know, absorbed in our ideas, our novels, our words. And that is really sort of where I get most of my writing done.
1: Uh, For myself, I I tend to be, I I get these bursts and then I write till there's nothing left to write, whether it's finished or not. And if it's not finished, I stop because I don't try to force it because it it will come across as being contrived after Mm. that point. So I'll walk away and I'll leave it and then revisit it. And if I'm inspired to continue it, I will. There's no set time. And I find that some of the people that I've talked to, I I, I can only write in the early morning. I can only write late at night or. (laughs) Oh goodness. uh, I would hate to try and put a, I have to write in this time and no other time.
2: No, it's when you can. Yeah. Yeah, Just do it when you can. And I mean, Uh, it's like, you have, you know, it's like when I was on one of writing retreat and they had a prompt and it was a title, just, you know, a random picked title. And then from that I wrote a story, it's about 8,000 words. And then for one, one reason or another, the, the anthology I was submitted to didn't go. So then I was stuck with this story and then what I'm going to do with it. And then all of a sudden like, I don't know, it's, months later I looked back at it and one character that was sort of you know by a bypass really not you know she just decided that she wanted me to write her story mm-hmm. and then that developed into a false girl novel and it included the short story in part but it grew it around this other character so then, that that became my steampunk novel, The Commodore's Gift.
1: This wasn't one of the questions I was going to ask you, but I don't think oh. it'll, <laughs> I don't think it'll be a hard one for you to answer. Though, do you have a favorite character that you've created, and why?
2: So is the last one I've done. I love Owena Owen in in The Commodore's Gift because she's very feisty, very strong-willed. You know, she she shows that you know she's a force to be reckoned with, and I like strong characters like them. and
1: we will touch on that in a little bit as well there was a show on mtv which asked musicians which song they wish they had written with that being said finish the following sentence i wish i had written explain why
2: (laughs) it's a book called fermi by james long and i love it and i reread it quite regularly It's based on two characters who are reincarnated and reincarnation has been a fascination for me for decades. I've researched it and read thousands of books, etc. But the book itself, the characters are so well fleshed out and so believable. I just enjoy it every single time I read it. You know, you get one of those books you just think, this is the perfect book.
1: You say that you have research reincarnation for for forever which past life do you think that began in
2: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah well i i was regressed years ago and i actually had seven doors i could go through and we only had time for three which was a shame but there you are so that sort of cemented my belief in it in there is something else there is somewhere, you know, you do come back to learn another lesson or teach another lesson.
1: I guess every uh, every belief system has something similar to that.
2: I you think so. Call yeah. it what
1: you will. Mm-hmm. This is a uh, this is one that I've asked everybody so far. What is your writing goal? Is there a specific goal you have in mind? for your writing, or as you write?
2: I think, I suppose it is a goal, but I'd I like to leave my stories as my legacy. That's that's what I think is why I write, because, you know, my stories will be shared when I'm not here anymore, you know? So it's something that will go forward in time after me.
1: So it's, it's not a... It's not a. I, I write because I want to make lots of money, or I want to get famous, or it's just what you can leave behind for people to better themselves.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the the thing is, it's it's the joy of someone reading your book and contacting you and saying, "I really enjoyed that. I love this. I love that." That that's more of a more of an excitement. It's more you know what I love then yeah okay i sold so many books okay I've sold so many books but it's actually having reader feedback and knowing that the stories touch somebody
1: so I I'm assuming then that you've had people reach out to you and talk to you about the impact that what you've written has left them
2: oh yeah yeah, yeah. And I, I love it because you know you you'll get I either get um, something on social media as a message, or they email me through the blog or whatever. Um, and I get people that you know they've they've gone to the local library, they've picked up a book, and then they they contact me and so, say, you know, have you got any more? I said, well, yes, I do. <laughs> you know, so that it's it's a real high.
1: Do you get the other side of it as well? You know, people who are absolutely negative about what you've written.
2: Touch wood, not yet. <laughs> I, I had one lady who, um, my very, very first book, which was just a kiddie's picture book about a little monster going out on a scare on Halloween. And she said, Oh, you, you called them one thing and then you changed it. And I said, Well, that's, that's only because he learned what they were called. So I mean, he, you know, his mum said they were earth children, but then when he got to see what they were, he said, oh, so they're children, you know. So I'm thinking, okay, if if that's if that's what you got from the book, you know, fine, it's 32 pages long, it's for kiddies, and they all love Rumble, so that's fine with me.
1: <laughs> so it wasn't writer error, it was reader misunderstanding.
2: Well, she was an adult.
1: Yeah, but it was still a reader's un- misunderstanding.
2: Yeah, yeah, so... But there you
1: are. Part three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going into the material world, which is where we're going to talk about uh, some of the things that you've written and what's out there. And so, mm-hmm. uh, the first thing that I was given as a promo for you was the Commodore's gift. Is that correct? Yeah.
2: This is the, this is the steampunk one mm-hmm. um, with my very feisty lady called Owena. Uh, she so steampunk is sort of victoriana merged with industrial revolution so you have machines you have steam power you have mechanical vehicles and you have also victorian etiquette so it, it sort of clashes a bit um, and that's why arena clashes because in modern terms you'd call her quite a tomboy. She doesn't want to wear these long flowing gowns with a corset and, you know, have long gloves on and, and be genteel and drink tea. What she wants to do is go sword fighting and <laughs> go horse riding, but you know, not size addle. And I mean, she, she makes inroads with her brother when they have to escape from an attack by the ruling forces and she's really quickly understands that she can be a force to be reckoned with and she can show these men that she can do what she says she can do. She's very strategic, she can do planning, she's very good with a sword. <laughs> yeah. So I mean it's it's I don't it's not a swish swish buttoning sort of novel, but it's more um an adventure but with a, a strong Foster woman at the helm.
1: Living in Alberta, um, I've encountered several women who own and use guns and they yeah. scare me. A woman <laughs> with a sword would even would
2: be even scary. more, yeah.
1: Because <laughs> they can get right up and personal with you.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, you'd be very personal with so the sword. what's the character
1: of Owena a challenge for you to write or create?
2: She didn't challenge me really, because she just told me what I was writing. I didn't, you know, I just went with the flow with her. Uh She, I mean, I, I am quite feisty, so it wasn't quite a difficult thing for me to do because I'm, you know, I'm quite independent and, you know, say things as they are. So, and she was fun to write. Because, you know, she, she sort of butt heads with a man that was you know, well, you're a mere woman, you know. So she'd show him, actually, I'm not a mere woman. So it was fun to write.
1: Yeah. There's uh, a lot of experts, I guess, quote, unquote, experts. They, when, it, when they talk about characters, they say, let your character uh, lead the way and don't try and force your character to be who you want him to be. Let them mm-hmm. push themselves out and that would have been a case right there right
2: oh exactly yeah i mean she she took the lead on it because initially the short story was about someone completely different who was a man <laughs> you know so so the short story became a small part in the in the novel because areena took over
1: uh which leads me right into the next question what or who inspired Uh, Her creation is, is there a little bit of you in there or is there somebody else in there or?
2: Uh, There's some of me, but it's more, I've been around strong women a lot of my life um, and they've found ways of, you know, forging ahead in their careers, finding their own personal space and making it their own so it's it was a combination of a few people
1: is she uh, an extension of you or is there uh something within her character you desire in yourself
2: oh i'd i'd love to be swashbuckling with them you know <laughs> go out with a sword and yeah get the baddies i'd love that
1: I'd hate to have to meet you in a dark <laughs> <house. laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll it's move funny on.
2: because I I went with um, my daughter to uh, an event. It was an outside event way before COVID. But, and um, unbeknown to me, this gentleman who was on security walked up to her and said, no, oh, you can't come in. And... <laughs> All right, mum modes clicked in like there was no tomorrow. And I went face to face with him. I said, excuse me, she is coming in. She's with me. And my daughter got hold of my arm. She said, mum, I know him. He's joking. I'll okay then. And he turned to her and said, (laughs) "Um, I'm not coming up against your mum ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm one of those sort of, you know, I'm going to roar if you, yeah, (laughs) upset me or go near my kids. (laughs) Mother bear. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So um, the Commodore's gift, uh, there's a male character in there that Owena becomes involved with, so to speak. Now, yes. is is he a... Because she is such a strong character, is he equally as strong or is he a weaker character?
2: He's as strong. He is a mountain of a man, which is the first thing that attracts her. But he has been almost mercenary in his fighting, which is one of the things that her brother's trying to stop her getting involved because of his, you know, how he was fighting. And, yeah, so she she sort of goes head over thinking, oh, my God, this man is going to be the perfect match for me. Um And he, in turn, sees that, you know, she's... A very unusual woman she's she's not going to sit back and you know say well i'll stay at home while you do what you're doing and they're they are a good match they bounce off each other they know how to fight together so they have a huge a really good partnership at equal standing although he's a huge man and of course he can overcome more people in a fight they they are good a good match
1: there's only three ways that could really go they will either recognize mm. the uh the chemistry between them or mm-hmm. they'll be totally oblivious to it and not yeah. that they're right for each other or it's going to work out
2: mm-hmm. um, it does work out although you know the the brother sort of tries to keep them apart for quite some time mm-hmm. he's got lots of reservations
1: yeah and that probably comes back to personal anyway um <laughs>
2: So, uh, there's another book there. Uh, I think it was The Tuesome Loop. Now, don't worry. <laughs> people find it very difficult because Tuesome is spelled T-W-E-S-O-M-E. So they always want to put an O instead of where the E is in the middle. But,
1: All right. Well, that's some Loop. Tuesome <laughs> Loop.
2: Loop. Yes. All right. Um, my, because as I said before, I really love reincarnation. I wanted to write my own reincarnation story. Okay. Um, because Fernie's so brilliant, <clears throat> but I went in a different route entirely. So I've got four people that have issues with each other in the 1800s, reincarnate into the 2000. Um, and then the people in the modern era 2000 start getting flashbacks. When they all coincide by chance at an Italian villa, which is where the original four were before the events happened. Hope that makes I, some I, sense. I
1: see some great potential for confusion. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> oh, you should have seen me when I was writing it. Oh my goodness, because I had four people. So I had to make sure that their characters, their base characters, were alike for both eras. So then you've got, you know, a basic character who, you know, is in a a forced wedding. She's been, you know, her, her father's decided that she should marry this very rich man because that gets him up in society and it doesn't matter what happens to her entirely. So then that character in... The year 2000. He's a Spencer. She's looked after her parents for a long time, and she'd love to be, you know, in a relationship, but it's never happened. And then a gentleman starts, you know, courting her, but there's what we would say is um, a hidden agenda for him. <laughs> so then, when I'd written it all, I had to print it out. And then each chapter, I had to make sure it coincided. So if one character in the past was doing something, it had to reflect in the modern chapter. So it took some work, but it was fun doing.
1: When I was reading blurb for it, um, here's the question that I came up with. In my mm-hmm. stories, I have a hard enough time keeping trying to keep track of two characters, two main <coughs> characters <laughs> you got like uh, a whole bunch. How?
2: Yeah, how yeah.
1: Was that for you? <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I just, I suppose it's when you when you get into a story and you you've got absolutely a visual of a character, you understand them. So it's like you know, if you go to a party with friends, you know who everyone is. You know their name, where they are, where they work. All that sort of thing. It's the same thing when you've got characters in a book. They just become real to you. So then, you know, I can say, well, Gerald did this, you know. and So you can can just keep them separate because they are separate people.
1: Would it be safe to assume then, and this isn't one of the questions, but it is now. (laughs) (laughs) Would it be safe to assume then that before you actually write anything, you flesh your characters out or... Do no. you flush them out as the story goes?
2: No, they they become real as I write them. Um, and you
1: can still keep track of them. Yeah. All the power to you.
2: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I, it, I suppose it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I, either you plan and plot to the nth degree or you're the complete opposite end and just go with it. You know, because, I mean, of course... After you've written it, you've got lots of drafts to go through and lots of editing to do. Um, so then you, if you find something, think, okay, that's not going to work, or I should have forgotten that, and you know I should put that in there instead. Or so I mean, it's it's. I just like having the free flow of it. Saying that, my current work in progress is a trilogy. I've never done a trilogy before. I did two books, but I'm not done a trilogy. That one I had to plan, mm. because it's across three cities, three detectives, and one villain.
1: So you knew before you even started writing it was going to be a trilogy?
2: Yeah, it popped into my head.
1: Um, <laughs> like... For those of you who can't see what I'm doing right now, I'm in disbelief. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yeah. and you laughing at
1: me. <laughs> oh dear.
2: well it's i mean it's everyone's different everyone has their own way of of expressing creating and there's no right or wrong if it works for you it works for you and just don't change it
1: absolutely why did you set the story in this era do you not think it would have worked totally in one or the other
2: what for the choose some
1: yeah
2: well, because it was a reincarnation.
1: Right, but I, I mean, needed you could have to. went back further in time or you could have went ahead
2: in time. Mm.
1: Did I just give you I another think,
2: idea? No, no. I, I think that I chose the 1800s because I wanted it to be believable that a man could force his daughter into a marriage of convenience. If I tried to do that modern society as they're not of you know Asian uh, descent no one would believe it no one would think that would that would work so I wanted it to be believable that that would happen
1: and And then you you made it work
2: yeah yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) sorry I'm shaking my head again people (laughs) some people believe uh well some people believe love always wins out in the end uh, is this the, the takeaway from this book?
2: From the Chosen Loop, yeah. 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 I mean, the, the two of the main characters, the, the reason it's called the Chosen Loop is why they reincarnated. I don't want to give too much away, obviously. Um, but they that, that's the reason that they were able to reincarnate.
1: If you want to find out more, folks, go buy the book. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mandy, you can be found in a multitude of ways and, uh, and places for that matter. Can you uh, let the listeners in on where and how you can be found um, or your okay. work
2: can be found? Sure, sure. Um, well, I have a blog, which is com. That's very easy to remember. I post twice a week. Um, I've got all my books on there listed. I've got reviews, et cetera, media page, contact page. So you'll you'll find everything on there and links to everything.
1: Are you on Twitter? You can,
2: I'm on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, <laughs> Pinterest. Um and most of it is all Mandy Eve On it, You'll find me. All the links are on the blog. You can find me. It's there easy. will be
1: a transcript of this uh posted as well, uh, with these links. And if you need other links, they will be on her other links that are with yeah. the transcript. Wow.
2: <laughs> thank you. Mandy want to thank be you here. so yeah, much nice. for agreeing yeah. to do
1: this interview. It's <laughs> been a lot of fun. Thank you. And uh you enjoyed it. I wasn't sure what to, I I never know what to expect when I'm interviewing somebody. So um, it's so far, it's been a pleasure and I, I, and, and hopefully it's been a pleasure for you, but uh, thank you for, for agreeing to do this and uh, thank your publicist for pointing you out. Mm
2: -hmm. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much. I really
2: enjoyed it.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. I enjoyed it too. And, uh, and so until next time, folks keep writing and. You have been listening to Between the Lines with Randy Lacey. In future episodes, I will be talking with authors and writers from across the country about all things writing. So if you like what you heard, I encourage you to tune in to some future episodes of Between the Lines.
0: In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and and there's there's a time frame there.